Welcome to the Powered by Age Age-Friendly City Zoomcast Reality Style Podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Well, welcome to the Thursday, August 20th, Powered by Age podcast. I'm Charlotte Sister C. Farrell, and our theme for today is Tasty, Timely Thoughts About Walkability. Our podcast facilitator today is Neil Ryan, and we have a special guest, Alex Tier, of the pro- who is the program coordinator of Living Streets 2020, uh, the BEST program, and she'll be telling us more about what BEST means. Uh, the thing that we always do here is at the beginning, we have each person do your 15 seconds of fame introduction, and then I will be turning it over to uh, Neil, who is our facilitator for today. So, Randall. Hi, Randall McKinnon, member for the last four years. This is the first podcast I've been to. Welcome. Thank you. Leslie? Uh, yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster and uh, was not a member of the 411 Senior Center. I just started when the podcasting started. Um, I'm a writer and an ESL teacher and a member of Century House. Uh, Eleanor? I'm Eleanor. I'm Eleanor Mack. Uh, I retired. I'm a student in UBC. And this is my summer semester. I'm doing nothing now because of the COVID-19. And I found this in the senior center. So this is my first trial with the Zoom. Well, welcome. Uh, Susan. Hi. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Susan Coleman. I, I normally do it online. I just uh, I couldn't access the uh, entry point, but I'm happy with the the phone today. Um, yeah, I'm uh, newly retired from the school system, and I've been involved with the uh, I'm involved with the Riley Park Community Garden and just a lot of things. Uh, yeah, and I'm really grateful to be here. I, I've been a member of 411 for one year. I'm not a member at the moment, but that that can change. Very well, welcome. Thank you, uh, Chris. Hi, sorry, sorry to be late. I was uh, I was engaged in in cleaning up a bit. So, so you I, were engaged. I was engaged, <laughs> yes, in cleaning up. Oh. <laughs> but I had no help at all. Um, so um, I'm I'm glad to be here. Last week, I'm not quite sure what happened. Uh, Luke and I had a little bit of an exchange, but. For some reason or other, I wasn't able to um, I wasn't able to to get in last week, um, and I was really quite disappointed because I really did want to uh, I really did want to hear Kendra's daughter. Um, so I'm I'm hoping I'm looking forward to that being actually recorded and available so that I can listen to it in another format. Anyway, I'm here. I'm with Quirky at Fourth at uh, Britannia at Britannia Community Center, the senior center there. Um, I've been involved in Quirky, which is a queer imaging and Q U I R queer imaging and writing collective for elders. Uh, and we just recently did a zine on COVID nineteen. Um, of course, everybody's really really involved in all of that stuff so of course we had to put pen to paper so we have actually now we've now got at least we have an electronic copy and we are considering having more printed because i think we had a hundred printed um so we're considering having more printed but i do have electronic copy if anybody's interested okay you can maybe put the information in the chat on how people can get it sure Okay. 
Luke, speaking of the person that keeps our episodes up to date. Yep, um, Luke Schuss and tech support and jack of all trades for Powered by Age and 411 and anyone else. <laughs> Grandma. Okay, and about how soon will today's episode be posted to the places where people can hear it? Uh, so last week's episode is uh, more or less edited. I'm just, um, I just don't have the caption for it. And uh, that's the only hold up at the moment. Okay, we can get that. Last week we were speaking of um, Two-Spirit, understanding Two-Spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, at this point I'm going to ask um, Alex <laughs> to introduce yourself. Yeah, hey everyone. Uh, my name's Alix Tyre, and I work for Best Better Environmentally Sound Transportation, which is an active transportation nonprofit uh, based in Vancouver, and I work on the Living Streets program as the coordinator for that. Okay, and um, Alex, uh, Neil is going to be bringing you in to the presentation. So right now I'm going to turn it over to Neil Ryan, who is an author, meditator, <laughs> uh, and avid walker. And he's the facilitator for our Tasty Talks About Walking today. I also have a poem about walking. I'm also an author. This is uh, From the Other Side, which is uh, about to be republished again because I just finished the edit last night. So um, it was fun to do a little bit of research on Walkable City. Um, I have some presentation that I'm going to bring up in a minute. Um, I do not have the information as to where the information came from uh, because uh, the part of that part of the information was all assembled and then it disappeared from my from my computer. So if we need to know, I can I can always go back and find it because I have the the information. So I'd like to bring up the first screen, which we can share. Um, I think Luke, you can do that. You can bring that up as a side panel. <clears throat> I can bring it up here, but I. I Great. Okay. The benefits of a walking city. Walking cities are healthier. Walking is the easiest way for people to get around and uh, are more active and benefit their physical and mental health. And th this has been proven in many, many studies that, that uh, I was involved with Inspire Health, which is a cancer care clinic at one point in time. And the research that was done there about walking is that it improves the general health of the body, but it can also help with chronic disease. Um, and so, um, and the reduction on car dependency, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm blessed that I live at a train station and I can go downtown and walk to wherever, wherever I want to go. And I can be downtown and I don't have to pay $10 for parking and I can be there in the same amount of time. So uh, the reduction in car dependency will improve noise pollution and uh, reduce whatever else that it says that it's going to reduce, but it didn't finish. Walking cities are more economically successful, enabling more people to walk, cycle, and use public transportation, can help ease costly traffic congestion whilst creating attractive places to invest, shop, and do business. Improving public spaces has also been shown to be a strong catalyst to economic success. Walking cities are greener, 
of course they're greener because if you have less pollution and you have more open spaces that uh, everyone benefits when more people choose to walk walkable neighborhoods with with services uh, close to home out the time uh, uh, close to home out cut so cut the time people spend in cars reducing fuel consumption and vehicle emissions walking cities create stronger communities i think of the uh, commercial drive um uh, is a really really f friendly strip of of uh, of sidewalk of of, of walkable area I, I like i like going through the commercial drive area and because uh, there really is a sense of community there it's a happier place so People have a greater sense of cohesion and children have a place to play in walking friendly communities. Walking can decrease feelings of loneliness and give a stronger sense of social interaction and belonging. Walkable neighborhoods, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I have no idea why these are, didn't quite make it, but we're, we're good to go with it. So. Um, can we flip to the next one? Because I think the next one talks about the the real reason, the real, real reason that some cities are rated as more highly walkable. Um, okay, here. The, okay, ready, set, go. Neighborhoods walkable. Look for wide maintained sidewalks and walking trails. Is there any extensive public? This is the key to the rating of, and we'll get to the ratings in a minute, but uh, this is the key to what makes a city walkable, and that is the availability of public transit. At some point, you may have to stop driving. Good public transit will let you stay independent. That's talking about seniors, uh, independent, and get everywhere you need to go. I'm at an age where the government wants me to go do a physical, which is just an absolute farce. But anyway, I go every two years, and it costs me $150. So it's really just a tax to the seniors because the last time i did the the medical is is that the, the doctor asked me if i was sick i said no she said good here's your here's your receipt to go and get your driver's license certified again so so um but that's true that they they had some i remember my mother having to uh having to uh, stop driving it was a, a hardship for her because she loved her little Chevy. So one of my poems says, we are imperfect and impermanent, and that's true for all of us. So um, target, target neighborhood safe. If you're choosing a neighborhood to live in, and now this probably has more to do with US cities, but um, is your target neighborhood safe? Is look up the crime rate, and ask a, about a community watch program when you visit the area make sure you feel safe walking around the town mm. is there a community of like-minded seniors i guess i don't consider myself a senior even though i qualify quite quite significantly um but uh uh, visit the city, you get the feel for the local community and senior centers. Um, find out, and I think the Vancouver area is, Vancouver, Burnaby, New, I think it's well looked after in terms of there is uh, seniors communities that, that uh, seniors can connect with. 
what on-demand services are offered to seniors, look for shuttles, food delivery, and maintenance services that can bring business necessities straight to your door. And especially right now with the COVID out there, is there, <clears throat> is, is there uh, quality health care? Well, uh, that actually is a problem and not a problem. Uh, my doctor and I don't, I haven't seen a doctor for a problem in many, many, hello, many, many years. Okay. Oh, that's somebody's phone. That's why. Sorry, Sorry that was my phone. And it's a landline, so I can't turn it off. Maybe I'll love sit on you, it. Leslie. Love you, Leslie. I was worried my son was going to call me today, so I'm, I'm glad to say I was just going to hang up on him. So, um, Yeah, I will turn my cell phone off, though, because that would just be another annoyance. <laughs> Imperfect and impermanent. <laughs> if there is a quality health care, well, in BC, we should have. My doctor retired, and I haven't bothered to replace him. I just go if I when I need my driver's certificate thing, I just go to a drop-in center, pay $150 and everybody's happy. <laughs> Here's the ranking of the cities that I was able to glean from the information that's out there. And the top five are Vancouver, and, and if you look at the numbers, 79.9% for the walking score. The reason why, look at the score for the transit is because there's good transit in, in, uh, in Vancouver and the bike score is 79. So Vancouver's look, can, be, um, can be applauded for the work that they're doing in, in this area. Montreal um, is a walking city. There, I, what, Michelle, a few years ago, did, went and did another master's degree. So we went to Montreal and lived there for four years. And yeah, I, I, they, have a, they have a reasonably good transit system, but also it's very compact. So uh, the city center, at, we were very close to Concordia University. We were very close to McMaster. We were, so um, I think the reason Montreal's score um, is it is because of the bike and because they have reasonable transit. Toronto is more spread out, not as easy to walk around, but they have a good transit score and they have a well, it's getting up there, the bike score, but I don't know if they're working on that or not. Burnaby, where I live, 61. That's, I have no problem walking the 5K from Metrotown to where I live at Edmond Station because there's a trail underneath the SkyTrain, and it's beautiful, and there's flowers, and, and there's occasionally there's... Um, a bench, there's a bench at Royal Oak, there's a bench uh, at Gilly Street, there's another, there's one more bench somewhere along the way. But, but uh, I, 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 I think if you need to go anywhere in Burnaby, you need a car. So, but the one that surprised me is Longueuil. Uh, that's right across the uh, river from, uh, from Montreal. And they rank as number five, but they rank as number five partially because of the transit and partially because of the bike. So uh, there's your five top cities in Canada. The top cities in, um, in the United States is New York is number one. But the, the, the one place that's called the walkable city is Boston because Boston has interconnected parks and you can walk all the way from the, the south end of uh, down in the, I don't want to call it the slums, but it is a difficult area, the south of South Boston, all the way up through and through Harvard and through Cambridge and 
and and it's uh, it's a very walkable city in the U.S. So maybe we should travel on now to uh, go to the next window. And whenever you're ready, that's not yeah okay. This I took. Uh, there's a uh, a walkable city. Um, committee in London, and they have a commission that looks after the connect interconnected. And I, I was fortunate enough to live in London for seven, eight months. I lived in Brighton. I lived in York. Uh, anyway, and 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 how you get around in london they have an absolutely wonderful transport transportation system the underground and that's being the key factor is that i would do the underground go to where i was needing to go and then choose because there's so many parks in london i'd choose a park and and walk through the park to my destination you know if i was going to albert hall i'd i'd, I'd take the take the train to uh, Kensington and, and walk across the park through to Albert Hall. So it was, it was I, I, I just absolutely fell in love with London and I don't think that I've ever had a more free and, and interesting time while, while Michelle was doing her second master's degree. So, um, so in, in 2017, the mayor of London, whoever that was, uh, I think that was Khan, but I don't, mm. uh, appointed a walking and cycling commission whose role is to make walking and cycling easier and safer across the capital. The mayor's new healthy streets approach is a, is a comment to a system of healthy streets, is a commitment to a system of healthy streets and strategies that will help Londoners use cars less and walk more. And they added to that uh, a fine for for cars. It costs five pounds or 10 pounds just to drive in to the city. So um, these eight steps were the ones that they chose to make creating a more walkable city based on examples of best practices from all over the world. And uh, uh, is it Alex? Alex? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I found these really interesting and it may, maybe, uh, maybe I need to send you a copy of this. Anyway, appoint someone at a senior level to champion walking with the power to make positive changes happening. Make walking for short distances the central theme of transport planning, health and clean air strategies to encourage complementary policies and actions. Set ambitious targets to increase walking and reduce motor traffic. Uh, a fine to have your car in the inner city is a really interesting idea. Um, ensure ambition is matched with a clear and appropriate budget, which reflects the importance of walking as a scene is a serious transport mode. Make sure you know and have access to the full range of funding streams that can support these improvements. Create a strong stakeholder steering group with an active travel and the public and the public realm to help advise and support your walking ambitions. Seven, collect, I think we're almost down. There's one step at the bottom. Okay, thank you, Lou. Collect qualitative and quantitative data about walking and the pedestrian experience to measure success and inform future improvements. And benchmark your city's walkability against other towns and cities and, learn, and, and look to learn from 
best practice everywhere elsewhere and I, I, I'm not big on being competitive but the idea of benchmarking I think we can take the benchmarking from anywhere in the world and decide if their practices can help us improve our system so with that I'm looking to see where we are. Oh, okay, we're halfway home. Uh, I'd like to introduce, if I knew more about her, I'd say more about her, but I'd like to introduce Alex and uh, have her respond to the information that we, that we, have, uh, we have put out right now and uh, have her uh, tell us where we're at in the city. Thank you, uh, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, so thanks for having me on today. Um, and so the Living Streets program is about a lot of what you just mentioned. So it's a walking promotion program. And we focus on walking for social connection, mental health and well-being, healthy active living um, as a way to get one, from one transportation mode to the other. Um, so these are all things that the Living Streets program promotes. Um, and um, so uh, what we're trying to do this year is we're trying to gather some of that baseline information about what walking looks like around BC. So um, our program doesn't look just at Vancouver or Metro Vancouver. We're looking at... Um, communities in the north, communities on the island, uh, in the interior, all over to really understand why individuals are walking or what might be preventing them from walking. And um, so as you mentioned, on your walk uh, to the SkyTrain station, uh, you enjoy it because you're able to walk along a nice path protected uh, from vehicles, as well as uh, places to sit. So. Um, the big thing that we've been pushing this year is our walking survey, um, which we encourage everyone to fill out. Um, and that can be found at livingstreets.ca. And there, there's the opportunity to respond to anything, any reasons that you do walk. Um, so whether you walk for social connection or whether you walk for exercise or as a mode of transportation. Um, so we encourage you to fill that out. And then there's also the opportunity to indicate why you might not be walking. Um, so whether these are infrastructural problems, maybe the sidewalks don't accommodate um, your mode of walking, uh, perhaps there aren't enough benches for you, or curb cuts, which might uh, make it a bit more difficult. Um, we also want, uh, we are also taking the surveys, the opportunity to understand how rural and urban walking might be different. Um, because we are looking at the overall BC context, we know uh, that walking isn't the same in different communities. Even looking at um, that walkability information and comparing the city of Vancouver to Burnaby, which are directly beside each other, they have very different walkability scores. Um, and that might be based on transit or cycling infrastructure, but certainly walking infrastructure is probably uh, represented there as well. Um, so the Living Streets program is hoping to take this information and create that baseline uh, data for communities to be able to refer to, to improve uh, what walking looks like in their community. And we're also asking communities and individuals to help share any kind of walking related projects that are going on. Um, and we have those on our What's Happening page. And we're hoping that that becomes a central hub for all sorts of walking related resources and information. And when individuals are looking uh, to start a walking initiative in their community, they have something to refer to and some inspiration to go off of. Um, yeah, so that's what the Living Streets is about. And uh, we're hoping to really create that hub and um, access information from that website. I, how do I find out? I, I, you said livingstreets.ca. I'm do, doing research. Uh, I did not turn up a lead on the internet to Living Streets. How are you getting that information out there? So we've been reaching out to municipalities all over BC, as well as health authorities, 
um, and community contacts, so community groups uh, that are advocating for, for walking. Um, it is a new program that we just launched uh, this year in June. Uh, so it is a very new program uh, as a communication campaign. So uh, it might just be taking a little bit of time to show up on your search. Yeah, okay. I got a million hits anyway, so you were probably in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were some and, of the facts you were going to share about the benefits of walking? Yeah, so I, I think uh, that Neil definitely covered quite a few. Um, the idea of walking for healthy living, social connection, mental wellness, um, are really at the forefront of what we're trying to promote with Living Streets. And so we've started a blog that can be found on that livingstreets.ca webpage. And uh, every week we have a different theme where we go over uh, how walking helps with social connection or safety uh, and education. Uh, this week our theme was climate action. And um, so I know that at a, another earlier um, mentioned, Neil mentioned um, uh, walking helps to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. So uh, we talk a little bit about the implications of walking and how exactly that helps to reduce them um, in the whole system. So yeah, we've got a number of topics that uh, we'd welcome you all to explore through that webpage. Uh, Alex, I would recommend you talk to Inspire Health. They have a, a, a fundraising program that they do every spring called Rainwalk. And it's where you obligate to share uh, your money with uh, somebody that's walking and uh, for every kilometer you, you I, I don't know all the exact details. But um, I hear they get a lot of, uh, the, they, I, I've never participated, in, I've never been, uh, the timing has always been wrong. So, but uh, for, for me, I've either been away or anyway. Um, but they have this thing called Rainwalk and um, uh, they, I don't know who the manager is there anymore. Uh, but um, I, I, I think it would be interesting for you to see, because they do, they do scientific studies. Um, they are funded in part by the BC government and uh, they have uh, one of their staff is dedicated to researching cancer research and the latest information. And, uh, um, I, I, it'd be interesting to know if they have any results from the work from the Rainwalk and that uh, uh, could be used as a part of your program. So uh, I, I, I only know the men's counselor there, so uh, because everybody's changed there except for the, the head honcho, which is uh, Dr. Janice Wright. Um, but she's the she's the El Presidente or something like that. So, do we have any other questions? Uh, uh, can I put somebody on the spot? Leslie, you are always have an inquisitive mind. <laughs> okay, I, actually, I have a whole list of things here, but I try and think what's pertinent. Um, so, first of all, I was wondering, Alex, um, you haven't probably finished the research yet, but. Uh, what are the differences you perceive between rural and urban walkability? Yeah, I think uh, one of the big things that's come up for us is um, distances to where people are walking. Uh, whereas in many urban areas, uh, many of us um, can go to the grocery store or just for a walk around the neighborhood. And that's easy for us to see a number of neighbors, feel socially connected. Uh, because there's, the density is so much greater. Mm -hmm. um, whereas in rural areas, uh, what we've heard from speaking to a number of communities is that a lot of individuals have to drive to a place that they're then able to walk and connect socially, whether it be on trails. Um, so one thing that we really wanted to highlight with this program is that we're not necessarily discouraging other modes of transportation, but seeing how that fits into the way we work. 
um, and whether that means taking the bus to get to a destination that you're able to walk mm -hmm. or walking directly from home or driving to a trailhead. It's all walking mm -hmm. and it, it encourages this sense of connection with others, uh, nature, that uh, the social aspects, the mental aspects and the, the health benefits of walking. Um, so understanding that in rural and urban areas, walking can look very different. Yeah, it's always seemed a little strange to me that people actually drive somewhere so that they can walk. Of course. Um, yeah, I grew up in London and I was surprised about Sadiq Khan's walkability initiative because I always found London extremely walkable. Um, much more walkable than I found that Vancouver was when I first arrived. Um, and the other thing I noticed uh, here was this North American love affair with cars. And I, I used to laugh at my husband because he, you know, I have to go to the corner store and pick something up. It's three blocks away and he'd hop in the car. And it's like, I grew up, you walk. If it's three blocks, it's, it's no distance at all, right? It's just a different mindset. So do you think that people here, in the lower mainland specifically are changing their attitudes towards cars they're sort of getting uh you know distanced from cars and, and getting more into walking biking public transportation yeah i, I think that um, cities in the lower mainland are certainly making an effort to encourage and to encouraging uh alternate modes of transportation rather than the single occupancy vehicle. And I think that particularly right now during COVID, um, beyond just the lower mainland, a number of communities in BC have really made uh, steps forward and step forwards very rapidly to encouraging individuals to be walking and biking rather than driving um, with different kinds of space reallocation. Um, so it's great to see how uh, parking spots are being converted um, into patios and that really encourages people to walk to them having main streets dedicated to pedestrians and mm. other modes of transportation is great to see and I think those are the kind of projects um, that perhaps have come out of COVID-19 um, but will encourage people moving forward uh, to not drive as much or when it's not necessary and I think from my personal experiences in Vancouver uh, at the moment uh, it's been great to see a shift towards uh, more people staying a bit closer to home, perhaps if uh, uh, going to local parks and shops and cafes and supporting what's in their community directly. Um, and that often means that we're able to walk there or bike there and that people are taking their vehicles less. I know just being out on the road, either um, on foot or by bike, um, I've seen a lot less cars in the past few months, which is really exciting. And I, I think that's something that people are, are starting to realize with the current condition um, that they're going to be able to do that more going forward. And it forces us to step out of our comfort zone of the vehicle a little bit. Yeah, another aspect of walkability, I think, is neighborhood services. Uh, and we've mentioned this before in other podcasts that uh, the uh, the neighborhood that I live in when we first moved in here had neighborhood stores, a bank branch close by. Um, we are very close to the SkyTrain, which is great. But, you know, a lot of other things have disappeared. So now we don't have the neighborhood grocery store. We don't have the local bank. We don't have the dry cleaners up the street. We don't have the family grocery that used to be up there. Um, so pretty much now we have to drive to get food. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's so I, issue, right? Definitely. Um, and I think that the current situation is definitely pointing to some of those inequities uh, in different communities around Vancouver because um, many of them, many communities, individuals are able to walk to maybe three or four different grocery stores and in other communities, individuals aren't able to walk to any. Um, so I think it's really going to point to um, a gap in our current urban infrastructure and how we're planning our communities and what we need to push for um, moving forward and making sure that everyone has access to those things in their, in their neighborhood. Um, and that's going to help to encourage individuals to be walking or biking and supporting local, which will be very important moving forward. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, no problem. I, I'm going to be a little bit of a devil's advocate. 
Oh, Chris, please. <laughs> While, <laughs> you know, I'm called Troublemakers, my middle name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. While I certainly understand and I support a, 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 a lot of what, what you're talking about and what you're saying, um, and clearly, obviously, more walking, riding bikes is going to improve the environment, et cetera, et cetera. For the last year, I've had a disability, and the only way I've been, I can only walk half a block. I, I, without being in pain, I cannot walk any more than half a block. Recently, I've had surgery on my, on my leg so that hopefully that will improve that. One of the things that I think Vancouver has done well, because now I'm in the position to use a scooter, you know, one of those mobility scooters, which has really made a big difference to my life. I also live in the commercial drive neighborhood. So I've got access by scooter to a, to a, to a lot of things. But I think one of the things that Vancouver has done really well over the years and with a because of a lot of advocacy on behalf of people with disabilities and and, and older adults is the curb cuts hmm. because without something like that um people i mean i would need to drive right because there's no way that i could manage to get from my, where I live to even to the grocery store without having that additional, that additional piece that makes it possible for those of us with a disability to actually be able to, at least in some circumstances, not use a car. Um, I was on the Seniors Advisory Committee for a number of years and we, I don't know whether whether many of you are familiar, but the what we call the medical precinct, which is down 10th Avenue, we fought and fought and fought with the city about the need to maintain park, parking spaces um, rather than changing everything into bike lanes because they said, well, you know, there's a lot of people who ride bikes to Vancouver, to, Vancouver, to VGH. We said, yes, but there's also a lot of people that go to the cancer agency. There's people that go to the eye clinic. And if, if you're driving somebody somewhere like that because they need to be driven, then you have to make it possible for someone to be able to stop the car, park the car, and then be able to accompany the person into the place where they're going. So, you know, I think it's also really, really important in, in while, while, I can, while I certainly appreciate the, 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 the less cars, and I certainly appreciate the whole notion of walking, I'm, I'm really concerned about the fact that um, older adults and people with disabilities are not really taken into consideration. Uh, in the past, in the previous municipal government, uh, we had to fight like crazy to be able to hang on to anything that would make it possible for older adults with disabilities and, and younger, younger people with disabilities. So I think I used to go to some of these meetings where the, the bike, the bike um, active, it's called active transportation now, I think. And I used to be pissed off because it was push, push, push. Everything has to be bike lanes. Yes. And what about me? I can't use a bike lane. Right, so I think there needs to be a balance in, in this, mm -hmm. and at least when you're talking about these things, that there is some mention of and some consideration of the fact that there, as we grow older as well, there's a fairly decent, they're fairly large, we're becoming, we're becoming a bigger part of the population in terms of the need to be able to have access to places that are that that don't depend on walking and don't depend on biking. Having said that, I know that lots of older people are able to do those things, but I'm not one of them. And I know a lot of other people who are not as well. So it's a caution. I think for me, it's a caution. 
um, that needs to be taken into consideration and at least be conscious of the fact that there is another segment of the population for whom walkability is is <laughs> is is very challenging. Um, so yeah, that's all I'm going to say. As you can tell, it's a bit of a soapbox issue for me. Yeah, well, the thing is, Chris, you know, you see all this black and white thinking, right? Yeah. Cars are bad, therefore we have to ban cars, even though there's some people that still need to rely on them. Right. Uh, and I remember years ago, I think it was down in False Creek, uh, they developed this, they have this condo development, and they said, well, you know, people are going to be using public transportation, so they really don't need to be provided with parking but people still went out and they had to buy groceries and they had to carry groceries into their condos and they had to wherever they could park they have to walk for a long way and you know upstairs and it's very inconvenient yeah uh, chris is right though i tell you they took out all the car parking on 10th avenue from yeah from uh doesn't escape between camby and oak yeah, yeah, Oak. I was thinking of Oak Street. Yeah, between Camby and Oak. Yeah. Anyway, I think maybe we're going to move on. And uh, Luke, can you look? comment, though. I have two things that begin with a B. <laughs> and one is benches and bicycles. Because bathrooms. I, yes, bathrooms. But I, you know. That's three things. At another point, walked a lot. I mean, even with my children, I had one of those. I was great, happy to get one of those English prams that you know, could bounce down the stairs. But while I was working for the health department, I was injured. I had a spinal bruise, and uh, it changed a lot of things. In fact, I have three times in life been a, 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 had been in a, a car accident. Oh. I have a safe driver certificate. It's right when I had a really good person to drive me that somebody else bumped into the car. But I have recurring pain with my back. And now I would love to walk to Raleigh Park. I'm in the Raleigh Park area. But you have to walk up a hill. There's a hill on Frazier and there's a hill between Frazier and Main Street. And I hurt so bad one day I thought I would just sit down on the curb except that you know there'd be nobody to pick me up but mm. uh, I walk all the way up to 30th street because the people along that block I don't know whether it's a neighborhood initiative or a municipal initiative but they have more benches and they are uh, welcoming benches because some people have a little sign you know feel free to sit on our bench or the bench is facing out toward the street. So, you know, it wasn't a bench that they just put there for the family. But I think we need to find out who is the person or the people working on the city plan to put more benches out. Because if you are enjoying a walk every block or so, I mean, even within a block, you need a couple of benches. And then around bikes, okay, I, I rode a bike since I was 10, but I, I need three wheels <laughs> and whoever has put all those bikes, all those places, there are three wheel bikes yeah. uh, available, but they're about 600 to even a thousand dollars. But I think yeah. that the city could work with a person or somebody that is great at engineering these three wheelers or even um, just, uh, it's a balancing. I mean, as you said, yeah. in um, 15 years, more than 50% of the population in BC will be 85. There yeah. are people, as you know, Neil has said at 80, that still walk, but a lot of people can't, but would love to, to ride a bike. I would love to ride a bike, but I really don't want to be on two wheels and worrying about falling. I want to have three yeah. wheels. So those are things that I think that the people that are developing plans for making um, Vancouver an age-friendly city uh, are working on walk walkability. If they could put in more benches and find some bikes that have got three wheels. Yeah. And, Thank and, you. And, and, and certainly uh, from my perspective in terms of the Seniors Advisory Committee, that is constant. Benches and bathrooms hmm. that we <laughs> constantly are saying, these are things that older adults need and they, 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 they it's absolutely essential in right. order for people, people of, various ages 
not just older people, but peer, people of various ages who need to have need to have that sort of accommodation. And, and, and that's what really bothers me, the fact that there's so much talk about bikes and walking and all this stuff, and so little awareness and consciousness around the needs of the aging population that we are. Randall, what do you do? You know anything of efforts to get more bathrooms or benches? I don't. I don't. But I on the same wavelength. I think benches are important. Because, and I, I wonder if there's sort of a map of benches or a, a bench uh, uh, census to kind of indicate where things are and where they should be. With Boston being a connected park. Uh, walkway place. I think it might make sense to look at how they what the connections are between various benches and what kinds of routes people could take for for walking a, around the city. Yeah. Alex, are those some things that you could bring back? They might not necessarily be questions on your savory, but do you have or could you su suggest connections or networks where we could make those? sentiments heard or see that they're getting included? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there are a number um, that unfortunately I'm, I'm not uh, totally checked in with. Um, the, the only outlet I would be able to provide you with um, or recommend you mentioned that is, uh, is the survey um, where you could mention that it's something that discourages you from walking and that's information that we're going to be sharing with uh, municipalities around BC to really uh, try and have that information communicated. Um, so that would be the only outlet I would be able to share with you today. Um, I'm sure there are a number more uh, with uh, the different uh, cities in the lower mainland, uh, but unfortunately I'm not checked in with those. And can you tell us the link again for the survey? Um, so yes, the survey can be found at livingstreets.ca. My particular pitch is about the bicycles. So uh, I'm supposed to walk in the same direction that the bikes are traveling. What a stupid idea that is. If I'm going to be walking towards, uh, walking, uh, you know, a bicycle is by me at yeah, 20 miles an hour, 15 miles an hour, maybe more. Uh, and uh, and I don't see him coming, so I always walk on the wrong side of the road uh, mm -hmm. when I'm underneath the sky train because I want to see 180 pounds of m men in metal coming at me at uh, at a high rate of speed, and I don't like being surprised because they never, never, ever, ever, ever signal that they're that they're coming up behind me so i walk on the wrong side i say i'm like chris i love being the rebel it's it was built into my blood when i was born can i do my poem now because yes. we're, we're almost out of time <laughs> and course. i especially want to share this with alex uh, alex give yeah. me a, give me a poem luke ready set it's called just a step away two million years ago the monkey stood up wanting a better look for the danger in the grass and then to keep the lion in view he took a step and we learned to walk any journey is never more than a single step to the corner store or the mountaintop done one step by one step. All we ever take is a single step. Yes, wisdom states that a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step, but a single step is all we ever take. We can never take more. The two-step dance from the last century, as popular as it may have been, was still only one step followed by one step. One step, then one step. That's all we ever do. Neil Armstrong famously said, that's one small step for man. It may have been on the moon, 
but one step is all we ever do. Big step, little step, in the sun or in the rain, no matter how near, no matter how far, it only consists of one step followed by one step, because that's all we ever do. We learn to walk before we can talk. The imperative makes it so. So step out and go for a walk and give thanks to the monkey who started it all. One step by one step, because that's all we ever do. Thank you. That was wonderful. Great. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you, Neil and Alex, for giving us a wonderful talk about walking, many things to think about, things to encourage other people about, and to just keep making our preferences and our, our uh, needs known as we learn that people are developing this plan for the city and plan for the neighboring cities. So uh, <laughs> anyone have <laughs> any parting thoughts regarding that? Yes, I have a parting thought. Be careful while you're oh. walking. Oh. When you have an argument with the sidewalk, the sidewalk usually <laughs> wins. Oh, no. Uh, oh, you Neil also me. has a script oh. for a movie about following a path without a sign and where you could end up. Uh, what? Your mud story. So oh, oh, yeah, I haven't, I have not written that down, but yes, I followed a path that got me into trouble and, and, the, and the mud was up to my ankles and, uh, and uh, I thought uh, I'm going to die here <laughs> unless I find a way out. And that was right in the city, uh, uh, Burnaby, Burnaby, one of the parks. And uh, anyway, yeah, that was quite an adventure. I'm always walking somewhere, going somewhere, doing something. So I figure, hey, as long as I keep doing that, I'm not going to grow old. And I'm halfway to my 81st birthday, so. You're 41? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 40 and a half. Again, yes, 41 again and again. <laughs> Just like Jack Benny. Thank you all for coming to my program today. I love being the center of attention, so that and $3 will always buy me a cup of Starbucks coffee. I think Luke had a comment. Uh, no, no. Well, I, I guess I could have a comment. Uh, Neil, I, I actually bought a, a bell for my bike after hearing you uh, talk about <laughs> your experience before, so. You're having a positive impact. But do you use it? You know, you, you, that's another, another, another story. It's another hey, story. I solved the problem. It's really simple. I walk towards the bikes. I don't walk away from them. And and I I would really hope that some cop one day is going to give me a ticket for that because I'd love to take that one to court. <laughs> Be well, people. Thank you. Eleanor, uh, you were new with us today. Did you have any comments or thoughts about our podcast? She's mute. Eleanor is mute. mute. Okay, you can hear me now, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> ah, okay, I'm mute because this is my first time. Never done this before. Yeah, I found really very inspiring to hear different people's concerns which are mostly my concerns anyway. <laughs> so it's really good to hear those. Thank you. Okay, welcome. We look forward to seeing you again. Mm -hmm. Okay, next week we're working toward creativity. This podcast with our episodes, we started with people sharing their poems, their stories. So if you have a poem, you have a story you want to share or some thoughts on creativity, you could email me or let me know. Uh, we're going to be taking part in Culture Canada Days, which comes up from the 25th of September to the 25th of October. So there will be some times that 
some of you who have stories will have a collection of just stories and add in music and other elements. Uh, some, uh, there's a project that Leslie and Neil are working on, integrating a poem with a story. So we're going to be doing things to encourage more people uh, to come on, share their writing, share their ideas, as well as issues that they'd like to have discussed. Uh, as many of you may have heard, while they are saying that the schools are going to reopen soon, they have not, ministries of health have not given uh, senior centers an okay or go ahead to reopen. So this virtual communications is going to be an ongoing thing. And many people have said that it's helped them with the loneliness or it's helped them to just still feel encouraged. So think your thoughts, send me ideas that you have about creativity and uh, we will see you again next week at one. Uh, Alex, Alex, I forgot to remember where the extent is. Uh, if you, if if that poem would ever help you with any of your stuff, please let me know. I'd be happy to mail you a copy. Yeah, that would be wonderful. I'm sure we could uh, definitely have that on some of our uh, some of our content. It was a beautiful poem about walking, and I think would definitely encourage quite a few people to get out there and keep on walking. Go for a walk. Yeah, yeah, we should we should get it as a billboard. See how we can have <laughs> that as a billboard at different places between the the subway entrances. Is is today's session recorded? Yes. And how will it be available? Luke, can you tell them how the places that it, that our podcast are posted? Uh, we're going to post it. It's always audio only, um, and it'll be posted on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook. And, and what title? Powered by Age. Oh, great. Super. Thanks, Luke. And it will also, the, the 411 no, PBA website is being remodeled, but it will also be on the 411 website and the PBA website. Great. Okay, look forward to, to hearing and seeing you again. Are you doing the, the uh, uh, Philosopher's Cafe remotely? No. Okay, well, you're welcome to, if at any point you want to have any of the Philosopher's uh, Cafe topics as one of our podcasts, we could definitely arrange to do that oh okay i'll give that some thought okay all righty i'm not gonna sing the mickey mouse club song i'll just say the more we get together the happier we'll be <laughs> <laughs> and i'm sister c we're out randall i'm interested in this what uh, sister c just mentioned about the philosopher's uh, corner uh cafe rather uh i need to know more about it but let's not take it right now so well you we can mention it maybe someone listening might also want to know what that is where where do i find it's, more about it it's uh you can actually look for, for a description of the the program it's in uh suspension right now like a lot of other things but it's philosophers cafe dot net has a, the SFU website and you and has a description of the program dot net yes well, we can definitely talk because the kind of topics that you had I've gone went to a couple of the sessions those are types of topics that we deal with in our podcast so we can see how we can pivot to have Philosopher's Cafe as part of the podcast program. Yeah, I've certainly been aware of it and the topics have always looked really interesting and I've never quite got down to take part in one. So. I'm, uh, I'm going to put my email up on, uh, on screen if anybody, and I'm thinking of Alex, and ncr223 at gmail dot com and my some of my poetry is on 
from the other side dot c a and my book is of the same name from the other side dot c a no i spelt it wrong it says aid i don't mean aid i mean side yes from the other side dot c a Okay. And Alex, if you connect with me there at the Gmail, then I'll send you a poem. I'll send you the poem. <laughs> I'll send you a poem. I'll send you this. Send you the one that's rated triple X. Sounds good. Well, thank you again, Alex. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Alex, you did an excellent job for me. I thank you so much. Yeah, no, it was a total pleasure and it was great to uh, be able to talk with you all. Get some new perspectives as well, it's always really important. I'm gonna go now, I've got to, uh, I gotta take off. Okay. I gotta go publish my Thanks book. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay. Thank you everybody. Bye -bye See you next Bye -bye. time. Bye -bye.